Hello, Cultivate family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am super, super happy to have you here. And today we are going to be talking about taking up space in the gym. More specifically, taking up space in the weights area, the weight machine area, the functional area, any area that isn't the class studio or the cardio area. Because let's face it, those are the ones that a lot of us find the hardest. Now, I've had so many conversations with all of you about this this week. I appreciate everyone that shared and sent me a message and told me how they felt and what their experience is. So if you were in my DMs or you answered any of my questions, shout out to you. Thank you for that. So no chit chat from me today. Let's get straight into it. Why do we actually find it so hard to take up space in the gym? Is it not feeling confident in what you're doing in the gym? Is it how busy it is if you go at a peak time? Is it just cis men being cis men with zero spatial awareness and a whole ton of toxic masculinity because there is a butt ton of that in the gym and it sucks? Is it the worry of people looking at you and making a judgment? Is it the feeling that you don't deserve to take up space there because you're early on in your fitness journey and you might not be as experienced as other people in there at the time? Is it because you've spent your whole life trying to make yourself smaller or take up less space? So when it comes to that now, you actually find it really difficult to take up that space that is very rightfully yours because you have a gym membership. Or is it fear of discrimination, racism, transphobia, homophobia, sexism, ableism? There's a whole host of reasons why we might feel really crap about taking up space in the gym. And all of those are completely valid. So firstly, I want to talk a bit about my own experience with going into gyms from when I first started working out to all the way up to me qualifying as a PT and going to work and train in a commercial gym as someone that wears the uniform and is a coach. So the first couple of gyms that I was ever a member of, one of them was a leisure centre near where I grew up. And the other one was a tiny gym in the basement of some corporate building that was just super, super close to where I went to college and it was really, really cheap. Now, as I remember in both of those gyms, I didn't have a clue how to lift weights. I was about 17, 18. And all I really ever did was go on the treadmill or the cross trainer. I don't think I ever did anything else because I literally didn't know how. No one ever showed me how. And I also didn't know how or where to go to ask anyone how to show me how to do any of this stuff. And I definitely remember being in those gyms and maybe trying the machines, but I had no clue what muscles I was working, how many times I should do everything. And I just generally had no guidance. And obviously because I am old as fuck, we didn't have TikTok or Instagram at that point. I think maybe we just got Instagram and Twitter actually, but no one made content, no one created content. Sorry, I'm really, really showing my age here. But, you know, let's be open and honest and age is but a number. But safe to say those early gym experiences were not the best. I wouldn't say I ever felt great in those spaces. I was always wildly worried about what my body looked like or what other people thought of me. And then as I got a little bit older and I joined the gym group or the pure gyms as more commercial gyms started popping up in Leeds, I definitely had a little bit more confidence but I never had a plan. So at that point, I was still predominantly just sticking with the treadmill and I might go and run a few K and then I'd go home and 
that would be my workout. And that was pretty boring and it was pretty understimulating. And yeah, I never ventured into that weights area and I really, really wanted to. It always looked loads of fun, but it also just looked like a boys club at the time. And obviously, again, showing my age, loads of stuff has changed, but it still doesn't mean it's any easier for a lot of us. So I did have a few years where I just didn't go to the gym at all. In my early 20s, I just worked and partied and played shows and I just never really thought about it. And then when I landed in Brighton and became a full-time illustrator and musician, and before I had the little baby dog, Aubrey, of course, I realized that I just wasn't moving my body at all and I really, really wanted to. So I did start going to the gym at that point because that was the only time I was getting any movement in, but I still just didn't have a clue what I was doing. And that was probably the main factor to me. The main worry I had a lot of the time was what my body looked like and how I felt in it, which was obviously not great based on my history of body dysmorphia, gender dysphoria. And if you've listened to a few episodes of the podcast, you know all about my story already, so I won't bore you with the details. But if you do want to know a bit more about my journey with that stuff, the first episode is the one you want to listen to. It's called My Story. So when I did first start trying to lift weights, I knew that I wanted to do it. I knew that it looked fun and I knew that it was a way I could move my body that was attractive to me. But again, I just had no idea what to do, what muscles did what, what movements did what thing. And so I ended up signing myself up to a gym where there was a PT who gave a half price session for your first session. So instead of 40 quid, it was 20 quid. And I was really, really struggling financially at the time. And when I say struggling, I mean, I was stealing my lunch from the supermarket on the way to work every day. And then I'd leave work and I'd steal my dinner on the way back. It was from Waitrose. Don't worry. Wasn't from anywhere independent. Please don't come at me, Waitrose. I will enter your store and pay for stuff now, I promise. But paying for a PT was completely out of the question to me. But I was so stuck and I craved that starting point so much that when I saw an option to pay 20 quid for an hour of a PT's time, I absolutely jumped and bit his hand off. He was called Dave. Shout out to Dave, you were awesome. Any induction I'd had in the past absolutely sucked, but I hit the bonus with this guy. He wasn't conventionally ripped. He was really nice. He didn't tell me what not to do. He just talked to me and he listened to me. And in that first session, he just took me through some really basic movements. I seem to remember... He tried to get me to squat with a 15 kilogram barbell on my back, but I couldn't even do that at that point. So he moved me to a dumbbell. He gave me a good, easy, attainable option. And all of a sudden, this stuff started to be a bit more accessible for me. So I had that hour with him. We lifted some weights. He showed me how to do a lap pull down in that scary weights area that I had never dared go in and a few other bits. And the next day I went back. And I did stick to cardio, but then all of a sudden I did find that I wandered into the weights area and I did that lap pull down that he showed me because I knew how to set it up and I knew what it did. And then from there I branched out into doing the other things that he'd showed me. And essentially I was just doing the same full body workout over and over again, but that was my safe point and that was all I knew. And that hour with him was enough to give me the confidence to be in that weights area and take up that space to begin with. And it still didn't feel easy. And sometimes now it still doesn't feel easy, 
but him just showing me and giving me a little bit more information and affirming that I was doing something right really helped me get in there. And eventually that led to me joining a different gym that had a bit more equipment and was a bit closer to my house. And at that point, I felt like I was really into it then, but I was still kind of terrified of being there. And at that point, I was just using app plans or free plans that I found online from influencers. So they weren't the best, but they were decent and they allowed me to go in there and know what I was doing. But even then, I would only take up a tiny corner in the weights area and I would just stick to my one bench. I would never move. And if I did move, it would be from that bench to go and do 15 minutes of running on the treadmill. So although I branched out, I hadn't really started to actually take up any space. Like I didn't feel comfortable getting a few weights out. I would very tentatively take one weight at a time or a pair of dumbbells to do all my exercises with. I wouldn't even change the weight if I wanted to go up because I was so self-conscious, but it was a start. So now we're going to fast forward a few years. I've got my personal training certification. I do feel confident in the gym. And I'm now going to work in pure gym as a personal trainer and a gym instructor. So you'd think at that point, all of my anxiety, imposter syndrome and confidence issues may be gone, especially because I've come out of eating disorder recovery. I've got a better relationship with my body, a better relationship with exercise. I'm just feeling a bit better about all that stuff and I'm enjoying my training. So you'd really think that I would be all right, but... I absolutely was not in any possible way. So I would work four hour shifts at Pure Gym. I would do classes, I would clean and I would walk around. This was before I had the final qualification that allowed me to personal train. And that meant that I had a lot of time to train. And the nice thing about that Pure Gym was during the day, there was absolutely no one there, which was amazing. Yet, for some reason... I was still leaving my shift at Pure Gym and going to do my training sessions at the JD that I didn't work at near my house. And I kept my membership there because I was so scared to train in the gym that I worked at because I was worried about how the PTs might perceive me, how the manager or the assistant manager might perceive me. But also, I was so worried that the people in the classes of that gym would see me out on the gym floor and be like, well, I come to their classes and look, they're doing that and that looks rubbish. How can they even be a PT? So again, even with qualifications and experience and a lot more body neutrality and a little bit more confidence to be in a gym space, I still didn't feel good taking up that space. And it took me a good couple of months to actually be able to train there. And even then... I remember doing a set of split squats with two dumbbells and I was so nervous about training on that gym floor where I worked that I picked two different dumbbells up and I was doing like a 10 kilogram dumbbell in one hand and a 12 kilogram dumbbell in another hand. And at that point, I had a bit of a reality check because I put the weights down and I'm like, Lucinda, what are you doing? Those are two completely different weights. And I looked around and I realized that absolutely no one had noticed that I was a qualified personal trainer doing split squats with two completely different weights. And I think that's when the ball dropped and I was like, I am going to make mistakes. 
my form is sometimes not going to be amazing because I'm learning new movements and I'm trying new things all the time. And from there, that was the tipping point for me being like, you know what? I messed up and no one saw. I messed up and no one commented. So I'm going to continue to take up my space and progress my training because it makes me feel amazing and I love it and I love getting better at this stuff. And now I'm at the point where I will train when I'm on tour. So I'll go into lots of different gyms that I have never been in. I don't know the layout of. I don't necessarily know the machines or the staff or anything like that. And I'll still crack on with my workout regardless. And a lot of those workouts, I don't feel my best. I definitely feel a bit shy, a bit anxious, not very confident in a new space. However, I pay to go in there and I go in and I get my head down and I do my programming and I take the space that I need because it's not that anyone actually deserves it any more than me. And I don't deserve it any more than anyone else does. It's literally just a gym. It's a box to move our body in and that's it. So that's a little bit about my experience and I hope that does make some of you feel a little bit at ease because... I'm a PC and I still have those thoughts. But the difference now is that I do definitely force myself to challenge them. So what we're going to cover today is a few of the issues that you said that you've all had going into a gym space and why you feel apprehensive or anxious to take up that space. We're going to talk about what we can actually do to tackle that and flip it on its head so we can take up space and enter that space. And hopefully when you've listened to this episode, you're going to be armed with a bunch of tools to be able to go in there and see how you feel and take up the space that you deserve, because that's super important. It's super important for queer people, trans people, people of different abilities to go and take up that space, because if we don't, then there is no representation. So I'm currently looking at all of your DMs and comments that you have sent me over the last week that talk about why you struggle to take up space in the gym and don't feel comfortable or secure or safe there. So the main one is literally you just don't want to be perceived. And a lot of you have said that's maybe down to a confidence thing and that you actually don't like to be perceived anywhere and that's something you struggle with day to day. And on the other side of the being worried about being perceived, a lot of you are just fed up of being told, no one's looking at you, everyone's just thinking of themselves. And there is a lot of truth to that. However, that doesn't necessarily fix the problem that you don't feel comfortable taking up that space. It doesn't solve anything. And that's what we're trying to work on here. One that really resonates me is this one, which said, I think sometimes trying out new movements or have not been in a while, I shrink myself and I can't take up the space. Almost like I'll shrink if I don't feel capable or strong enough for that day. And my God, that hit me really hard, that one, because I resonate with that so much. The days that I don't feel super strong or super capable are the days that I definitely struggle to take up that space because it's almost like we tell ourselves that we don't deserve it. One of my clients recently has really struggled doing their finishers in a gym because it means they have to get more than one piece of equipment out. And that means that they're taking up more space and they might be using a bike, a kettlebell and a mat. And the thought of them setting up that circuit and taking up that space caused them to feel a lot of anxiety and 
uncomfortableness, if that's a word even, I don't know if that's a word, about actually taking up a couple of square meters. And we worked through that this week and we talked about, you know, what the worst thing that could happen was. We also talked about them anticipating someone maybe asking how long they were going to be and then making sure they could confidently say, I've got six minutes left and then I'll let you know when the equipment's free. And there's lots of different little practices and exercises that I've done like that with my people that encourage them and empower them to take up that space. So the next comment that so many of you said is just feeling like you're not doing anything right, feeling like you're doing everything wrong, which again, if we haven't got a lot of guidance or we're just doing workouts off Instagram or influencer plans that don't give you a lot of guidance, you're not going to feel super confident doing those movements. Some of the other ones were particularly revolving and relating to men in the gym and not wanting them to judge you for not doing something right because they look like they know what they're doing. I would actually disagree and say otherwise. I would probably say about 60% of the men that I see in the gym at least do a lot of things with bad form and incorrectly. So if that's any comfort, please take it. Final few things that I took from a lot of your comments. Were you talking about having shame about how your bodies looked and worried about being judged for not looking fit enough? or that you're only wanting to look like the best version of yourself. So if you're hot and sweaty or seem to be doing something wrong, then you're really, really self-conscious of what other people are seeing. So what can we actually do about it? Now, all these things are super, super valid concerns about taking up that space, about having the confidence to go in there and do your workout and set up equipment and take what you need and spend as long as you need on whatever machine you want to be working on or whatever bench you have taken up at the time. But what can we actually do about it to get us into a place where we feel deserving of that space and we actually do take it up? And in turn, we probably empower the next person coming after us to take up that space too. So let's take the most common topic that you all struggled with, which is how do we tackle the thoughts of people perceiving us in the gym? Are we worried about how we look in gym clothes? If we're worried about how we look in gym clothes and how people will perceive us in our gym clothes, what have we got that we can wear that makes us feel good? And if the answer is, I don't have anything that makes me feel good in the gym that I can wear, can we get something? And if we can't get to feeling good, can we get to wearing something that makes us feel neutral? Are we worried about our form being wrong or that we're not going to be able to set something up and then people are going to judge us for that? To tackle that, can we look up an exercise before we actually go in there in the first place? Can we watch a video of a leg press or a lap pull down or a chest press before we go into the gym? And if we're still not sure... Can we knock on the staff room door and ask a staff member how to set it up? Now, the thing that I didn't realize before I was a coach was that we are all happy to help everyone set anything up if it means they feel more comfortable and confident using it. So at the gym where I work, the Pure Gym, that staff room door was always open unless no one was in there. And it meant there was this approachability for the members to come in and be like, yo, that's new. How do I use it? Or I'm really struggling with this. And all of us really knew how much it might have taken for someone to come in in the first place and ask us. 
So whether it was a PT that didn't even work gym shifts or whether it was someone that was on shift, we would all always take five minutes to show someone. And it is very rare that you will find a PT in a gym that wouldn't offer you some help with that. It can literally take anywhere from a minute to five minutes to show someone how to use a piece of equipment. So if you do feel like you can approach someone and ask them, they will be happy to show you. And if you're still not quite there yet, if you still don't quite feel like you want to approach someone, look that exercise up before you go in there. There are so many tutorials of how to set machines up and how to do exercises online. If you literally just search goblet squat exercise demonstration, you will find it. And if that gives you an element of confidence watching that before you go in, then that's going to make you feel better about it when you get there. One thing that I really do encourage my clients to do when they first start working with me, especially if they've not got a lot of gym experience, is to go through their workout app before they go in the gym and watch all the exercise demonstration videos and read any of the notes so they don't get flustered when they get in there or if the Wi-Fi goes down and they can't access that or they just feel like they're faffing about. If they've watched the video, they can literally walk up to the machine think about the teaching points, think about what they need to set up and just give it a good go. And my last little tip for you on this one is we all have to do stuff really badly before we get good at it. We always have to be a bit shit at something before we can be really good. Very few people pick up a barbell and do a perfect back squat the very first time. I don't really think I've ever seen anyone do that. Not everybody will work out how to set up a machine perfectly the first time. And if you're having that problem, I can guarantee you so many other people are having that problem as well. Next up, what can we do if we're worried about someone making a comment to us in the gym? Because this is one I hear a lot. I do appreciate that some people have had really, really shitty experiences with know-it-alls trying to comment on them, trying to mansplain stuff, trying to tell you what you should be doing. However, that is actually very rare and a bit of an anomaly in the gym and the chances are you've just got really fucking unlucky with a very annoying member of that gym. Now I really want to tread carefully on this because I'm very aware that there are all sorts of horrible, disgusting, predatory behaviours and comments in gyms, especially to women, but I'm not referring to inappropriate comments. I'm referring to comments about your form or that you're doing something wrong. These are the comments that I'm talking about. So if you are worried about someone making a comment, I want you to think, one, what is the likelihood of that happening? Because it is quite low, because for the most part, everyone is keeping to themselves. And the second is, are you actually prepared to have someone walk up to you and make a comment? What would you do in that situation? And what are the chances of it actually happening? And if it happens, what is the worst case scenario to come out of that situation? Because... If you are doing an exercise and someone does come up to you on the off chance and says, you shouldn't do it like that, you should do it like this, you might just say, cool, cheers, and they'll maybe take the hint that you're not interested in hearing from them and they'll move on and then you can crack on with your workout. However, if you don't want that to ever happen, then looking at the smaller, more private spaces for working out is definitely going to be more for you because when we go to a cheap gym, it means there's going to be a ton of people in there. And unfortunately, some of those people aren't going to be able to keep their thoughts to themselves. 
And that sucks, and I wish it wasn't the case. But it isn't up to us to have to defend ourselves. If you're getting shit in the gym by a member, tell a staff member, they'll have a word. If it goes further than that, that member should be banned. And if you're not supported in that, then you shouldn't have to go to that gym. But the gym staff should always support you with that stuff. I think a lot of people worry that if they try a new movement or they try a new style of training, someone's going to make a comment about it because you've not done it before and you naturally don't feel confident in it. But what we got to remember here is half the people in those commercial gym spaces, the pure gyms, the gym groups, the JDs, the stat fitnesses, most of the people in there don't really have much of a plan and don't know what they're doing either. I promise you, trust me, I'm not just saying it. So they couldn't check your form even if they tried. There is very few people in that space that will have the confidence to call out bad form and the people that do will recognize that it's none of their business unless they're training someone and are qualified to do so. So when we think about being worried about someone making a comment on your form, let's think what are the chances of that actually happening because that is very, very slim. And just to reiterate here, if a member of the gym is giving you grief or is commenting on your body, that is completely unacceptable and at that point, you should tell a member of staff straight away because that person should be banned the fuck out of that gym. Next up, how do we tackle discrimination inside of gym spaces? This is a really hard one and I definitely don't have all the answers or know all the answers. And my first thought was that sometimes we literally just can't. I don't live in a very queer or trans friendly neighborhood at all. And it is often a fear of mine that if someone realizes that I'm trans, that might run me into bother. It has never happened, but I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a worry for sure. But if you do live in a neighborhood where you don't feel very accepted into your local gym space, we shouldn't have to put ourselves through the trauma that comes with going in there just so we can get a workout done. Do we have an option that's more comfortable even if it costs that little bit more or takes us a little bit longer to get to. Because if you feel more comfortable and more secure there, you're way more likely to go. And none of us should have to be put in situations where we don't feel comfortable because potentially the area you live in could be quite right wing or it could be very straight or it could be very white and very cis. And on top of that, if you are experiencing discrimination or hate within a gym space and you're being made to feel unsafe and the staff won't ban that member or do anything about it, then it is absolutely not worth your safety. For all my trans family that don't feel great or fully confident about changing rooms and showering, shower at home, change at home and take the guesswork out of it because Adding an extra layer of stress to your workout if you're already worried about taking up space in there in the first place just isn't worth it. I just want to remind you all that your safety always comes first. And a lot of the commercial gyms have very much started marketing themselves as an everyone is welcome space. So if you're not feeling like that and you raise that and it's not supported, then you do not have to stay and work out there. Now, a lot of what we've been talking about are coping mechanisms and tips and options. But one thing that I want to talk about is actually rationalizing the experience of taking up space in the gym to yourself 
to take away a little bit of the stress and the worry. So let's just hit the facts. Number one, you pay your gym membership just like everybody else does. Number two, no one deserves to be in the gym more than another person does. It doesn't matter if someone's more experienced or less experienced. You all pay the gym membership. No one deserves to take up more space because they can lift heavier. That's completely irrelevant. Next up, people are in there doing their own workouts. If they glance in your direction and make a judgment, the chances are they won't actually communicate that judgment to you 99% of the time. So you won't even know if they're judging you or not. And although that doesn't solve the problem, it does rationalize some of the scenarios that we build up in our heads and worry might happen when we go into that weights area. So how do we start? How do we start taking up that space, going into the weights area, being able to go and do your squats in a squat rack or your deadlifts on a deadlift platform, even if you don't feel fully confident with the movement, because we've all got to start somewhere. So firstly, all I want you to do is to dip a toe in one step at a time. If you only go to the gym right now and do cardio, because that's your safe space, that's where you feel comfortable, go into the gym and do your cardio for however long you want to. Have a look around, get the lay of the land, and at the point where you feel ready to, challenge yourself to try one set of something on one machine. So not even a freeway exercise, start with a machine. So it could be a row, a pull down, a leg press, a leg extension, anything like that. And look that movement up before you go in that day or ask a PT to show you. If you usually just work out in the studio bit of the gym with a few dumbbells, but you really want to venture into the weights area or try barbell work, I want you to do your usual workout in the studio, but then I want you to go and do one of those sets in the weights area on a bench and see how it makes you feel. In between the sets, when you're sat in the weights area or sat on that machine, take a breath, lift your head up and look around. Is anyone actually looking at you? And if they are, how does it make you feel? And lastly, if you have the means to do so, have one or two PT sessions and get them to show you the ropes. And don't just ask them to show you a bit of everything. Be really specific. Say, I want to know how to lift weights. I want to be able to go in the weight section. I want to be able to do a deadlift and a barbell squat. And that PT will love it because they'll get to show you around the weight section and show you all the cool shit that you can do with the weights. Now, I know it's not going to be within everyone's means to pay for a PT session. However, if you can do that, I would thoroughly recommend it because me having that 20 quid offer of a PT session completely changed my life. And if I hadn't have done it, I probably wouldn't be here now making this podcast, which sounds a little bit dramatic, but it is true. And as we all know, I am just like that little bit dramatic. Okay, Cultivate family. So I'm going to leave you with this. Why should all these people in the gym be able to take up more space than you? They aren't better or worse people. They all started out somewhere lifting a weight for the first time. You deserve to take up space in the gym to do your workout. And we could all do to probably remind ourselves of that more often. I definitely could. We should never be making ourselves smaller when the people that take up most of the space have plenty of it to begin with in the first place. And there is absolutely more than enough to go around. The more people that are like us that take up space in the gym, queer people, trans people, alternative people, 
the more people that will see that and will feel like they can do it too. We've just got to all do the work and pay it forward so our gyms aren't just occupied by gym bros beating their chests and swinging their weights. We deserve that space too, and there is more than enough of it to go around. So take it step by step if you're slowly trying to push yourself out of your cardio comfort zone or your studio comfort zone or your corner comfort zone into that main weights area and see how it makes you feel and keep going back and keep trying because eventually it's not going to feel so hard when you're doing it more regularly. I really, really hope this has been helpful for you lot. I work on this stuff day to day with people in Fuzz Culture Club and it's really important as a community for us to lift each other up and empower ourselves to go into those gym spaces that do feel super intimidating to begin with. So if you do need help navigating that, and you might want to join Fuzz Culture Club for a few months just to work on that gym confidence and work on those anxieties about getting yourself into the weights area, I've got my next one-to-one online coaching intake in September. So if you've been thinking about it, you can now apply for that in the form. I'll put it in the show notes and I'll get back to you as soon as possible with the details. So I'm about to go on tour for a week. There will be an episode next week. I've recorded one and it is all about stress. And then the week after that, I'll be continuing to do some more guest episodes. I hope you all have an amazing week. Sending you love, sending you solidarity and sending you strength to go into the fucking weights area and take up space. Have a good rest of your week, Cultivate Family. That's me out. Take it easy.